0: It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here's your host for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence. Greetings. Welcome aboard WKOK's live telephone talk show On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Across from me is John Shipman, U.S. Army veteran. Uh, Let's see. Business person. Still businessing, right? Yep. Okay. Investment counselor, insurance, and uh, making your money do more than just sit there, burying it in the backyard. Never worked in the first place, and so... He's here to tell you? No, that's not what you came <laughs> in for. But this is not a commercial. No, just a fantastic community volunteer, too, has been the leader of a lot of organizations and a big part of uh, our growing area. So we appreciate him coming in. Uh, to your immediate right, Lana Goulden is back. Yes, I am. Must be something going on if you're back here. Cause <laughs> you, you kind of pop up in the headlines. We see your letters to the editor from time to time. So you still write those? I, in the once data? in a
1: while, yes, I do.
0: Okay, I, I haven't read the daily item in a while, but I hear the letters are there. So, (laughs) good. Fantastic. All right. So, Lana Goulden and one of the individuals helping to get uh, Save Our Susquehanna up and running?
1: That's true. Correct.
0: Okay. Yeah. Save Our Susquehanna is a group of individuals concerned about the Encina Plastics Recycling Facility. That leads uh, to my immediate left, which is Glenn Moyer. Glenn, uh, I think I might have seen you somewhere, sometime, someplace, somewhere, but uh, tell us
2: more about you. Well, I Originally grew up in Sealands Grove. Right now I'm uh, living in Sunbury, and in the process of moving into a historic house, uh, I'm renovating right on Priestley Avenue near the river. All right, so which property is that? Uh, it's right at the corner of Orange and Priestley. It was uh, DeGrucci, I believe, was the builder from 1810 is when it's dated. It's oh, a stone wow. building with a brick facade. Yeah, good for you. Uh, well, thank you.
0: I've been looking at that for 30
2: years. Wondering. Oh, I guess it was empty for 40 years. So it's been quite a project, and I'm finally ready to move in. Wow, fantastic. Well, good for you. Well, thank you for that. So, okay. So,
0: Save Our Susquehanna. Uh, well, let's let me introduce the show for, so folks know what's going on, on the mark, sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. We'll start out without taking any calls, but then we'll open up the phones in about 10 minutes or so. And uh, we are going to talk about the Encina plant and the group that got started and the unan- many, many unanswered questions that you have so far. Uh, what? How did Save Our Susquehanna get started? And then we'll get towards Encina.
1: Well, it was about uh, a year ago that Encina had a uh, an open house out at the American Legion, and uh, some of us were there. Um, I'm not sure how we had gotten together before that, but we seemed to know each other and, uh, you know, started talking about it and felt that there were questions that weren't being answered. And uh, we became concerned. And uh, as we learned more, we became even more concerned. And uh, then started having uh, biweekly meetings and meetings. Uh, Uh, One of the uh, professors from Bucknell offered uh, four students to participate with us in trying to find out more information and to get what we knew out to the public so that everyone can make informed decisions about All
0: right, Glenn, define Save Our Susquehanna. Now it's a cohesive group. you got signs and
2: a website and so on? Yes, the interest is building uh, quite a bit. Um, I went out with the students a few times canvassing, and uh, one of the students delivered that information that they had collected at our meeting. Um, And what we found was that, just like many of us at the beginning, people didn't know anything about Encina. Uh, and all they uh, knew was that they heard something about a good program to bring money and jobs but didn't know anything about it. It's when you start reading about the circular advanced chemical recycling of plastics and really start reading almost anything about plastics and You start seeing the concerns that we need answers. We need transparency. So for me, thinking originally, oh, it sounds like a good idea. The industry's been... Uh, not telling us the truth about recycling for decades because they're sending the plastic to China or to landfills, and people thought that they were trying to recycle it. But then when you go back and you look at the what's been termed the billion-dollar press release, you see that there's nothing in there. This is, um, I guess for me, I, I did work in, I, I did clinical trials of medication. Now I'm used to my work, everything, being checked multiple times before it would leave the university, to go to the NIH to be checked multiple times, because safety is an issue. When a a corporation is going to come in with a major experiment, because we need to call it an experiment. Uh, they have a duty to produce information. They need to prove their case, not give us promises. And that's that's where they've been lacking. Now, Encina says
0: they're an open book. You can ask them questions. They had a two-hour uh, telephone town hall not that long ago. They say they're an open book, but you say?
1: We say, no, they are not. Uh, you know, they... That they're like the tobacco company and typical fossil fuel industry things. They're uh, PR people that uh, have an agenda to push, and that's to get this plant up and running to keep uh, pushing out more plastics for us.
0: Now, you heard them the other morning on Sunrise. They answered quite a few questions, but...
1: But not to our satisfaction. <laughs>
0: What will it take to please you guys? So, what 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 did you hear? Uh, well, on yes, I Wednesday I listened to. It.
2: Here's a good example of the uh, the question that um, you asked about the uh, source of heating, and the PR person because you know she's not an expert, she didn't know what the source of heating would be. She said it's not natural gas. Now, nothing's on their website. Uh, but we, uh, somewhere along the line, it, we found out that it would be natural gas. But here is another thing that we have to do. I did the numbers, and these are the qu- kinds of questions that have to be asked. They want to pull out two and a half million gallons of water per day out of the Susquehanna, and they're going to evaporate 30 to 40 percent of that water. The water will be used to cool the pyrolysis process which superheats the plastic to, there's a range, we don't know what their process is between 400 and 900 degrees Fahrenheit so if you think of 40% of 2.5 million gallons per day, that means they're going to be evaporating 1 million gallons of water per day, there's going to be a huge steam cloud, now how much energy does it take to evaporate a million gallons of water a day. And that's just part of their energy use. That's one of the reasons... But this if, they, sh- if they get a permit from the Susquehanna River Basin Commission to withdraw that m-
0: much water, and they have, can afford the natural gas or whatever it's going to take to evaporate it in their
2: process, and they're within compliance of all rules, what's wrong with that? Well, I just want to point out one of the things that's stated by the industry in general is that this is a environmentally friendly, that it's reducing green house um, emissions. But most people who are looking into this say, no, it's not recycling at all. Sometimes they use the pyrolysis to make a fuel which they burn to then keep their process going. So the plastic goes up in smoke. Um, Or they burn gas to create more of their product to sell, and that gas is releasing a great deal of emissions. So but not into the air. They say they'll be
0: sort of discharge-free and in compliance with everything that
2: exists in the in the rules and DEP uh, and federal. I, I I question how you can evaporate a million gallons of water and you're not going to discharge any fossil fuel emissions. So. I question it. I, then they need to bring the data. Okay, We've got experts, there are experts at the universities to go over data. We, that's the kind of thing we need. Right, Like the address of their pilot facility. There are a lot of issues about the company that need to be addressed. Do we, can we get the address of their pilot facility? They've been asked many times, and that seems like a pretty basic question. And that would be smaller, but similar
3: well yeah. number one, we all know plastics are a bane uh on the world um, that uh you're right uh we are required to recycle our plastics so we take them to the recycling center in Sunbury uh, they bail them up and send them to the landfill because uh, what are you going to do with plastics uh, uh, there's a very limited uh, uh, ability to do much with them uh, I do know that they built they, they make some deck floor de- deck flooring and so forth out of some of it but what are we going to do with all this plastic? you know uh, I grew up in a world where it was glass you know we had glass milk bottles and we had uh, uh, tin cans and we didn't have any plastics. And then right. all of a sudden everything is plastic and it's cheap and it's easy to make and so forth, but it never breaks down in a landfill. Uh, it can be there for th- tens of thousands, maybe a hundred thousand years, and it's still plastic in a landfill. Um, I was in uh, northeastern Pennsylvania uh, this week, and they've got Trash Mountain up there. Probably 40% of it's plastic, and uh, this thing has to be four or 500 feet tall, and it's built along a ridge, and in the valley below are a lot of little towns. So, you know, uh, what are we going to do with plastics? And I think that if we can actually turn them back into, you know, plastics are or, or, or petroleum. So... Uh, If we can turn them back into, uh, safely, turn them back into the, uh, the distillation process into the components of oil like benzene and so forth and reuse that, it makes sense.
2: Well, I would say it's important uh, for people to read up on things. Uh, I think a lot of people are coming to the conclusion we've got to reduce the plastics. The industry has known for a long time that they can't be recycled. And the reason we're getting these big plastic buildups, just like the fire that's maybe not extinguished now, is that the industry was telling me we were recycling plastic for, for decades. People do this in uh, urban areas. They, they try to comply with the areas because they thought it was being recycled. Now, it did go to landfills. It went to incinerators. But a lot was shipped to China for about 20 years. And five years ago, China said, no, they're not taking it. And you'll find, just like the uh, facility you saw, you'll find that the recycling facilities all over the country are filling up with plastic plastic because it's a problem, because it there isn't a good solution. Right. Advanced recycling isn't a good solution. We've got to stop making it. And this is one of the things. There was an article in The Guardian a couple of days ago, um, April 10th, and people should look at it, because there's a similar plant out in Texas that's been operating by ExxonMobil for a little less than a year. So you really can see a lot of the... Um, issues uh, from a plant that is uh, already in existence. The, it's important to look at some of the trade industry from the, the uh, industries the, uh, that are involved with this, the petrochemical, the plastic industries that are pushing advanced recycling. They intend to increase the production of their virgin plastic by, th- I've heard different estimates, three to four times what they're producing now over the next couple of decades. So of course, this is a serious problem. But the virgin plastic continues to be much, much cheaper. That's why if you, once you do a lot of reading about this, you'll see people saying this is all something called greenwashing. This is a distraction. And in that April 10th article, you can see uh, ExxonMobil got rid of one of their people. I don't know if he was a whistleblower or he accidentally said it. He said this is a distraction so we can p- keep producing virgin plastic.
0: All right. We're going to take a quick break. Hold your next question, John. Uh, we have Lana in here and Glenn Moyer. They're both associated with Save Our Susquehanna. Does that have a leadership? Is there a chair or a president? Uh,
1: not an elected one. Uh, we have uh, a person who has uh, taken the lead, and uh, she is excellent. That's uh, Sandy Field.
0: All right. Fantastic. Oh, I've heard from her. Okay. W- uh, excellent. All right. Well, we're going to open up the phone lines. If somebody has a question or an observation for our guests, they can call in. Uh, you can email us at on OnTheMarket wkok.com and you can text us at 70236
4: include the keyword otm there's something to be said about a sale with a handshake a service technician who really knows what he's doing they can explain it in english what the problem is there's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area
0: Back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. If you have a question for our guests from Save Our Susquehanna, 570-743-9565, you can email us at
3: onthemark at WKOK.com
0: and text us at
3: 70236. Well, I'd like to say to our guests, you know, I, I didn't really understand what Encina was. Um I, I read the articles that, you know, that they were planning to build a plant here, and I thought, well, this is really great. And then I've read some of the things that you folks put out. Uh, I have to say that I'm undecided. Uh, where I stand on the issue uh, plastics, uh, we need plastics we're never going to get rid of them uh, and yet on the other hand uh, we need to do something with them So, uh, but I appreciate you coming and, and sharing your concerns sure and doing what you're doing Lana?
1: Yes, uh, John uh, I can relate to your previous comment about back before we had all this plastic when we took our bottles back to the store right. for our two cents and uh <laughs> At at that time, uh, none of the citizens made a rush to the fossil fuel companies and said, please make us a product that we can use one time and throw away. And this one-time-use product, we won't be able to safely burn it. We won't be able to safely recycle it. It'll find its way into the oceans. It'll kill millions and millions of our marine mammals, seabirds, turtles, terrestrial uh, animals, including us humans. And, you know, for what? Uh, for money for the fossil fuel Industry. And, uh, you know, we didn't ask for this, and I don't think it's up to us to to find the solution. It's up to the fossil fuel companies to find the solution. They're the ones that caused the problem.
0: All right, we do have a call. Bill, you're on the line. Thank you for calling in. You have a question for our guests?
5: Actually, I have a a comment that I don't believe is right what the man said. The man said that the recycling center in Sunbury bails their. plastic and then sends it to the landfill. First off, why would you waste the manpower, electricity and materials to bail it just to send it to the landfill? I'm 99% sure they recycle it. That's something else changed. i worked there for over 10 years, so I know they don't send
4: it to the landfill.
0: Yeah, maybe there was some glitch during the pandemic or something fell through that maybe some of it got landfill. Even the local disposal company said there just was a time they had to do that. But we also know that they get picked up by recycling companies in some cases. So some of that plastic is getting recycled. And I know the single stream recycling, they just built a new shed up at the Lake County landfill to do the sorting. And they do a lot of that. So, all right. Thank you, Bill. Good point. Thanks for calling in. Yep. All right. Bobby, do you have a question for our guests?
6: Hi. Uh, yes um as far as like the uh, i'm gonna say the permits and everything to put in you know to um uh this this plant that so uh, what did that company have to go through and to, like through the township and all that what did they um what are they trying to go through uh to um you know get permission to put their plan up here.
0: Get their permit. Yeah, good questions all. All right, thanks. We'll, we'll try to sift through that. Well, they want to withdraw water, so they need Susquehanna River Basin Commission. I, I, I know just enough to know that and beyond that. And you can't withdraw too much water. You know, that's all restricted how much you can take. During a drought, you can only take so much. So
2: what what else? They need a well, DEP permit? Right Right now, the there's a sanitation permit that's being processed through DEP. Um, they had so a s- they've applied for a permit for sanitation? For sanitation. They're, uh, that's in the works right now. That's for their sanitation system to dump the water back into the Susquehanna. Um, they were denied a zoning variance for Point Township um, based on height. Now, the recent changes in laws in Pennsylvania is one of the states there's apparently twenty three states that have changed laws that excuse them from getting a waste management permit. They're reclassified as manufacturing because they're going to make uh, manufacture these toxic chemicals out of the uh, out of the plastic now. That waiver is being sued, is being challenged in court right now because it causes a lot of problems. One thing I discovered is that it it then supersedes a point Township regulation that would pr- uh, prohibit a waste management facility uh, within two miles of the river. And I think most of us realize this is going to be a massive uh, plastic dump. And there are going to be periods where the trucks back up, possibly for days, when the system breaks down or needs maintenance. And there will be 100 trucks a day coming. Uh, that that waste management facility will be right by the river in the floodplain too which is another serious problem i it's it's actually to me it seems quite insane that they would be able to consider this uh not a uh, not a waste management facility mike our guests can hear you go right ahead
5: yeah hi good morning um uh so I'm 73 and I've been involved with environmental issues for probably 50 years and there was a pyrolysis uh, plant uh uh that was that they tried to put in over in Hazelton um that was defeated because of environmental reasons uh, that's one point second point is I, I agree that plastic industry the petrochemical industry is really desperate because they need to do something about plastics um know, Mike, Mike, uh, Mike,
0: Mike, 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 do you have a question for our guest? We only have a minute or two left. Do you have a question?
5: Yeah, my question is, I support you guys. My question is, are you aware that Encina has applied for a DOE Title 17 program? It's, it's uh, corporate welfare, basically, yeah. to fund this
0: thing. All right, we got you. Thank you so much, Mike. Yeah, thank you, sir. Call back.
1: No, I was not aware of that. In fact, uh, they I think they said, uh, was it yesterday on your program that they would not be taking government money? At some point, I know I heard from Encina that this would not be government subsidized. I don't yeah, remember like,
2: that, but I only asked, I don't remember the question, so... Go ahead, go ahead. yeah i 'd like to reply to that because i 've been expecting this all along. I think the comment from Encina was that they are not applying for new state money. But and so it, it 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 gives the impression that they're not applying for any public money. But if you look at the history of all of these projects, they are going to apply for uh, enormous amounts of public money. One of the other facilities that was shut down, they had a ratio of seventy eight percent public money to twenty two percent corporate money. I forget which facility <laughs> it, it was. So I knew this was coming. I'm really glad that the so caller, some sort of outside help. A minute left. What do we have to accomplish with that minute
0: left? What do we have to get out on the radio to everybody, Lana?
1: Just so that everybody knows how dangerous this is, how serious these uh, chemicals are, uh, how toxic they are, and uh, it just isn't worth uh, 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 contaminating, possible contamination of the, the our river. And it's totally unfair to all the people that live in proximity of that plant to have their property values go to nothing.
0: All right. Should this plant go somewhere else? Is that what you want? I mean, it doesn't sound like it's a clean plant anywhere in your view, but.
1: That's my view. There's no plant anywhere.
2: No place. All right. We'll give you the last word, please, Glenn. Uh, Yes, I agree that we have to cut down the use of uh, plastics. For people in the area, we need to read. As I said, we found out that most people don't know much about it, and they change their minds quickly when they do. So read about advanced chemical recycling and talk to your neighbors, because if this plan is going to be stopped, and it needs to be stopped, we have to do it by creating massive public backlash. All right. And they
0: have some elected and appointed leaders on their side. So that uh, always makes uh, for a controversy. I remember when the toxic waste burner wanted to go up in Union County, everybody everybody said no. But in this particular case, they have some allies. We saw Joe Kantz at that meeting and uh, and some other folks. Stay in touch, guys. Come back in a month or so. Keep us informed as you get your answers. Keep us, uh, keep us apprised. You have a Facebook page and a website. Save Our Susquehanna. Save Our Susquehanna. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Mark.
0: That is Lana Goulden and Glenn Moyer, SaveOurSusquehanna.org, their group. We'll be back with more conversation about this with uh, Mr. John Shipman and I. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here's your host for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence. <laughs> All right, Welcome on board, everybody. It is WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. Mm-hmm. Rob Center bookending a great week of uh, shows here. He's our fabulous producer. He will take your call, 570-743-9565 is the telephone number. That's 570-743-WKOK. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK Okay. Dot com. And you can text us at 70236, include the keyword OTM. we got three texts there, so uh, we will read those on the radio. And uh, we would just love to hear from you today. We had the folks here from Save Our Susquehanna, our citizens group, that's kind of popped up around here. They had a meeting the other day. Oh, I forgot to ask them why they didn't let Encina talk during their... They invited Encina, they didn't talk, but probably just so they wouldn't get bogged down on one question or one discussion. We do that sometimes with the uh, uh, elected leaders that come in here. It's just go to the next one so you can kind of serve all purposes. So maybe that's what's their mindset. But give us a buzz now if you want to talk about that. There's certainly enough going on. Uh, let's see. The FBI arrested somebody associated with those classified leaks that were apparently somewhat damaging and certainly revealing to our enemies and our allies. So somebody's in custody there. And uh, I was watching the Fox 5 discussion yesterday. It said just another debacle on President Biden's watch. So, you know, these things happen to presidents, so, and Mr. Biden, of course, uh, ultimately responsible. I guess that's a safe. Can you say President Biden's technically ultimately responsible? Or?
3: Well, obviously, the, the guy in charge is always responsible, but, you know, I doubt that he had any connection with this. And interestingly enough, this is a 21-year-old National Guardsman uh, who has top security clearance who, who – this is not a Snowden thing. Uh, he he shared this with some of his friends on a chat thing for video games that they're playing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, what? You know, okay. Okay. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> why do fun. we
0: why do we have this situation? Right. Okay. So we can talk about that. Uh, That's certainly in the news. Uh, Clarence Thomas is being talked about this week, and I guess a little bit additionally about uh, getting to enjoy a tremendous amount of hospitality from one of his good friends. So lots of folks say that may taint his view on uh, various things. So you can talk about that. Anything locally on your mind, give us a buzz now. 570 743 9565. Email on the market, www.kok.com. Text us at seven zero two include the keyword OTM. I'm going to do some very brief news headlines here. We talk about social media advancing while a Snapchat video helped police file some child abuse charges. A Lewisburg woman charged with endangering the welfare of children. Police don't say precisely what she did. 28-year-old Chelsea Rogers did post a video on Snapchat that depicted, or at least showed incidentally, a child being abused according to uh, the uh, witnesses who saw this and And so she's facing charges there. Uh, A man named Robert Cole, we told you earlier, is facing child pornography charges. Now he's been indicted in federal court for producing child pornography. And Sina was in our studios yesterday talking about their plant that they say will be safe. One of the things they showed us was a small strand of filament that will be part of a microscopic filtration system that will clean water.
1: It's a very small tube. The water goes into one end and the other end is closed off and the water comes through the sides of here. And you can see that the pores are so tiny that they actually capture bacteria and viruses. So when the water comes out, it's going to be significantly cleaner.
0: That is Shada Sahandi. And you can hear her full interview on our podcast page. Uh, The pandemic is winding down. Long COVID Continues, But uh, only 50 new COVID cases in the central Susquehanna Valley in the past week. We haven't had that kind of number since early 2020. State Department of Health also reported coronavirus hospitalizations are now going down, too. That was a lagging indicator, I'll call it. Semiconductor industry going to open up a shop in Schuylkill County. They'll be making chips there.
4: Governor Shapiro visited EMD Electronics, which will build the world's largest integrated specialty gas facility, which is critical to semiconductor manufacturing.
5: Semiconductor manufacturing expands across the country. There will be more demand for these gases, and I'm proud that a significant portion of that demand across the nation will be met right here in Schuylkill County,
4: Pennsylvania. The governor says this investment sends a clear message that Pennsylvania is open for business and that the state will provide the resources for companies to compete. I'm Mark Sims. Uh,
0: WHTM is reporting today. A Pennsylvania lawmaker plans to introduce a bill that would limit the number of firearms a, percha- a person can purchase in a 30-day period. Uh, one gun every 30 days. That's it. She wants to stop the iron pipeline where people buy thousands of guns and ship them out of the state. Um, I I certainly wouldn't say I've done it often, but there probably have been times when I bought more than one gun in 30 days. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just the way it worked out. But anyway, okay. Finally, uh, nobody gets to Washington D.C. in the White House but through Indianapolis. Two-time running mates, former President Donald Trump and former Vice President Mike Pence, will be addressing the NRA convention in Indianapolis. Presidential candidates are all invited. No word on when ASA. Hutchinson will speak there, but he has been invited. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis sent a video message. And uh, what, Haley Barber, I, there's, her name's not mentioned here, so I'm not sure what she's doing, if she is there or what's going to happen. But you got to go there and tell them that the Second Amendment will be safe under your presidency.
3: Well, I, I would think that uh, any Republican running is, is going to have to uh, somehow acknowledge the NRA. Uh, they have uh, millions of members and uh, very active. Uh, in the in the, the uh, gun uh, industries and so forth, and uh, this is their big show for the year. And I, I can't imagine that uh, anyone serious contender for the Demi- for the Republican Party wouldn't show up there. Yeah, and I think uh, whoever gets elected is going to have to say,
0: "I have a plan." Now, not necessarily to restrict more guns—that might not help—but this is the mental health aspect. This is the law enforcement aspect. This is how we're going to talk about it.
3: Yeah, and you know. We we don't talk about any of that stuff. But if you look at the people who have done mass shootings, every one of them has mental health problems. Uh, you know uh, they they're you know including the this person out in in uh, both of the people out in in Nashville. So uh, both of these people have mental health problems. So uh, we can't talk about that. Uh, in fact, counselors should be letting local authorities know that this person's under counseling and may have a problem and so forth but now people won't get counseling how do you do that well and I, so you know it's a it's a, a difficult question but uh for the most part uh People who are, are, don't have mental health issues don't pick up a gun and go kill people. Uh, most people are rational and say, you know, this is not the right thing to do. This is against everything that that society stands for, and, you know, I, I don't do this. But uh, people who ha- have mental health problems uh, aren't thinking clearly, uh, and they need help. And most of them aren't getting help now, you know. I don't think either one of these individuals was seeing any kind of a counselor. All
0: right, we can talk about that. One of our listeners, when we talked about uh, potential gun laws, one of our listeners says, Mark and Joe, this came yesterday, as a follow-up to my previous email, I wonder how many acts of violence have been avoided because someone took the time to talk to someone in need of a friend. A kind word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger, unquote. So is that a biblical quote? That's a biblical yeah, quote. okay? Super. Thank right. you, Rob. All right. And And uh, one of our listeners, when the Save Our Susquehanna group was here, one of our listeners says they claim recycling the plastic, if I heard correctly, is greenwashing. What do they think electric vehicles and wind power are? Both are hard on the environment. I thought greenwashing was sort of a method of sort of political opinion swaying by saying, you know, we're doing something super good, even though the back of the door of the plant is where we discharge all the junk. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, I think that's I
3: think that's a correct. uh, Uh,
0: Do your guests understand without plastics? How will the medical profession do their job? A lot of plastic. Yeah, that is very true. And on the mark, sounds like your guests have fallen for the climate change farce. Without CO2, folks, all life ceases to exist on the planet. Okay, so we will take more comers here. Call us, 570-743-9565. You can email us at on onthemarket.com.com. Uh, Let's see. Two unrelated emails. So we will read those momentarily. Uh, One of the things that this uh, good company is interested in is signing up for some money from the feds, right, getting some corporate welfare. Well, they all –
3: and from the state. You know, uh, corporate welfare has become a major issue in our country. Every company who wants to build a new plant, a new warehouse or whatever – Amazon Prime uh, goes to the state and says, listen, we'll bring 2,000 jobs to your area, but we need $40 million to help build this warehouse and so forth, or we need uh, tax abatement for 20 years and so forth. So who pays for that? Well, you you do, Mark, uh, and your listeners pay for this. So why do we subsidize? Well, because we all want jobs, and if Pennsylvania doesn't do it, New Jersey will. So it becomes a bidding war uh, between the states to give away the taxpayers' money to corporations who make huge profits and, and pay those profits to their shareholders, but really don't put in, in, uh, any of that profit back into the local economy. So uh, corporate welfare is a big issue, and uh, uh, I don't know how much your listeners are aware of that, but we subsidize huge corporations who make billions of dollars every year in profits uh, with taxpayer dollars. Well, and I think of the oil
0: companies as always being the most suspect, but it's it's everybody who's signing up for any subsidy they can get. You know, profitable businesses, profitable farms, uh, uh, you know, people in the wind industry, whatever it happens to be. And, and you know, maybe this this is how the government advances their agenda is to say we're going to give you money. There's no question about that. You know,
3: you, so. you know, if we really knew the extent to which the government is subsidizing, subsidizing wind and solar, and how. How much of that is being subsidized by taxpayers' money? If the taxpayers had the money, uh, they could invest it probably more wisely than the government does. So uh, you know,
0: and, and maybe even create a job. Yeah, you know, if I had uh, fifty thousand dollars a year coming in extra from the government or somehow some way, I would create a you know, I would Lawrence's landscaping would go right back in business <laughs> you know. in a hurry. So yeah, free lawn mowing <laughs> for everybody in town. All right, I'm, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, uh, we'll read. We got two brand new emails, both related to uh, other topics, and I got to finish an email from yesterday, and we got uh, texts are rolling in, and we have to talk about the Convention of States. You know, one of our good listeners called in this week and says, well, our government is just totally out of control. We got to reduce it down term limits and try to put some breaks on U.S. government, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I got to call John in right away. (laughs) Convention of States is written all over it. You bet. So we'll talk about that. uh, When we come back, Uh, join our conversation, if you wish, 5 Seven zero seven four three nine five six five. Email on the mark at wdkok.com. Text us at 70236. I think we're current on the text. One of our listeners, when we talked about gun briefly there, Cliff says, If every person who's committed a mass shooting has some sort of mental illness or challenge, the solution to prevent as many shootings as possible cannot be to restrict the constitutional rights of the 99% plus of lawful firearm owners. But that is the only solution put forward by the Democrats and the progressives, says Cliff. Well, and I think that may be true, but uh, uh, it's partially true. But are there other solutions? We do talk about red flag laws. Those are helping. Those are mental health. Uh, laws. I have not heard how successful
3: they are. I'm sure proponents tell us they're great, and opponents tell us they're terrible. Well, you hear both sides of the story. Uh, you hear in- instances where the police show up at the House and say, hey, give us all your guns, and uh, there's been no warrant. There's been no—some uh, judge has just okayed it. No and due process at all. No due process. And once they have your guns, it takes an act of Congress to get them back. So uh, you hear both sides of this. Uh, it. It is not; these are not easy problems. But let me say this: mental illness it has had a dramatic increase over the last ten years, and especially since COVID. So, lockdowns and so forth have ex- exacerbated the problem. But uh, you know, we have young people that that are you know just sort of uh, lost. You know, they they uh, uh, uh mentally uh are affected by all this uh and uh but well, and the me- studies
0: me- are showing it now it used to yes. be uh, sort of an anecdote, but now we've got
3: data exactly and so uh the more that we know uh, the the scarier it gets because we've got uh, many many young people that are you know just uh, uh spending all their time on social media. They have no exposure, 40%. I read recently that some some young people spend 40% of their time on social media. It's like, okay, what are they doing? And uh, uh, this just generates, uh, you know, people need to get out and 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 uh, mingle with other people and talk to other people and so forth, and that's not happening.
0: Good morning. You're on the mark. Thanks for calling in.
7: Good morning. It's Stan. Hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, uh... No, I didn't catch all of it because I had somebody here, but uh, what are they talking down? Is that in Harrisburg? They want one-gun-a-month thing that what they're pushing? Uh, no, yeah, it
0: was a state representative that says one gun a month. This wouldn't apply to people who have an FFL, so I'm saying you're safe there.
7: I, I understand that because I can buy uh, as many as I want, but uh, that's neither here nor there. As long as you can uh, sell them.
0: Uh, Melissa yeah. Schusterman says uh, Pennsylvania is part of the Iron Pipeline, where a network of states with gun laws that are too lax are used for illegal purposes. Well, I guess, uh, you know, reselling illegally, not buying them illegally. Her bill would allow one handgun purchase per person, per month.
7: Oh, we're, we're handguns. handguns. Uh, no, that, she does.
0: Oh, yeah, thing. one handgun. Yeah, one handgun per person. Uh,
7: okay. okay, and we all know that won't stop a thing. Because criminals, as I've said in the past, don't give a hoot about any laws. <laughs> They'll just go around, and, and they arrest people. I want, I want the people doing that. You know, if they're trafficking in firearms, I want them arrested. I want them put in jail. I want them put in there for a long, long time. But for some reason, they don't want to do that. And I don't understand that. So we'll wait and see what happens there. It won't get through the Senate down there. At least it shouldn't, because it's, it's worth it. Virginia tried that, and I think they backed away from it, because it didn't change anything. They had it for a long time that you can only buy one a month. Okay. So, well,
3: but you, now, what? You make the point, you know. Uh, if we restrict uh, the sale of ha- guns to to good people, uh, that's not going to stop the bad people from getting them. <laughs>
5: Well,
7: that's that's a hundred percent true, but the the left doesn't want to do doesn't want to acknowledge that because frankly they don't care. That's not their goal in the, to start with. They they don't care what it does to, end, to the law abiding, and they know it's not going to stop the criminals. It's all about control of the people. Stan, so,
0: what is if, if let's suppose this became law? What will that stop? That's happening now. Somebody buying a dozen guns and then giving them away or selling them to bad well, people.
7: You no, know, what it'll stop is somebody buying online. Say, see, I, I've had a few people buy a m- multiple handguns, and I have to issue a report. When that's it, when when that happens, I send a report that day to the feds. It goes right to the ATF, okay? It lists the person that buy it, all the guns that they bought, and then I also have to take a copy of that report up to the local sheriff's office because they're the local... Uh, That's who I come under as far as the FFL comes, you know, the local jurisdiction. So they get it. So there's two law enforcement agencies get the form that they know that these people bought multiple handguns. So if if something, and so the feds have those numbers, it's all, it's all complete information about the gun, right? From the make model serial number all the way across. So they have all that information. So if that, you know, if that gun is found at a crime scene, it's real easy for them to track. So if they they find multiple handguns from that same person, a crime scene, that's a clue. And then they need to go after that, after that person. Because that person passed the background check to purchase the firearm. But if they're going out and then selling them illegally, because in Pennsylvania, we all know that handguns are registered. So for them to legally transfer that firearm to another person, they have to go to the dealer and have it transferred. So that that new buyer has their name on the gun, and it goes to the state police. That's the way the system's supposed to work. So if it's not happening, then there's a a criminal problem. Okay, I don't care how many laws they pass, those criminals are still going to do it. They just arrested somebody that was doing it at the local gun shows. They're having people there called straw purchase, had somebody go in that was able to purchase a firearm, and then the person that couldn't buy it was giving them the money, then they ended up with a gun and they were taking it to Philly and selling. Okay, that's against the law. Been against the law for a long, long time. And I want those people prosecuted.
0: Enforce existing laws. Okay.
7: Yeah, right. because that's the only thing. And get the scumbags off the streets for the long, long time. There are minimum mandatory sentences on a lot of these crimes these people are committing. And the DAs do not fully enforce them. Now, being that they're federal laws, maybe the feds need to come in and enforce them. And you rarely see that. Okay. All right. So gotcha. until that happens, I don't want to hear another word about somebody <laughs> wanting to restrict the, the law-abiding citizens that's never done a thing, their rights. All
0: right. We got you, sir. Thank you so much for calling in.
7: All right. Now, I did want to say something about the the plastics plant, but I guess we don't have time.
0: Well, yeah, you have time. Go right ahead. Encina. Okay.
7: Now, your guests in there, I understand they're uh, environmentalists. I get it. Okay. They say we need to restrict lessen the use of plastics in this country. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but the medical industry, how much plastic is used in the medical industry to treat patients? Lots. Mm -hmm. You know, just about everything. You go to the hospital, from the syringes and and, and, uh, tubings and, and equipment has a lot of plastic in it. So you eliminate the plastic. What do they use to replace that stuff with? I don't know what there is. I'm not a scientist, But I don't think there's the amount of stuff. I mean, they used to use, for syringes, it was stainless steel and glass, correct?
0: Right. Yeah, and they used to have, uh, at the Geisinger Museum, they have glass uh, IV bottles that used to hang upside down.
7: Right, and then the tubing was latex. Well, we all know some people are allergic to latex, so I guess you can't have,
3: you know, medicines run into
7: people's bodies that... When they're allergic to a certain item,
0: that's just an early plastic, because all latex is same, same. Well, well
7: it better it's based on rubber, not petroleum.
0: Gotcha. All
7: right, so, but so they're going to do this. So yeah, let's restrict it. You know, restrict the use. But then we're going to have to open up more mining for iron ore to produce the steel to make the the replacement parts. I think, they're... and I don't know what it takes. You know, as far as energy and stuff to make glass, it takes a lot of energy to heat that sand up to to melt it to make glass.
0: I think what they were hoping for, the Save Our Susquehanna group, is that this plastic recycling plant doesn't cohere. They're not go here. they are not anti plastic per se, although that is part of it. That ain't what I was hearing. Okay, I gotcha.
7: That ain't what I was hearing, not the way they're talking. They're talking about emissions, and I bet every both of the ones that were there are proponents of EVs and wind power, oh. but they best <laughs> look into what that entails to get that stuff on the market. Gotcha. It's not real good for the environment neither. So y'all have a great day and think about it. Hey,
0: thank you so Bye. much, sir. Always appreciate the help. All right. Good caller, Stan. We'll take more comers, five seven zero seven four three nine five six five. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. One of our listeners did email us when we were talking to the, uh, the plastics uh, uh, individuals concerned about plastics. says, each of us can set two simple goals that will push back against the one-time-use plastic industry. One, reusable shopping bags. I've been doing it for 20 years. It's not hard. Keep the empty cloth bags in your car. Carry them to the store. Uh, some grocery stores, I know Wises and maybe Giant, won't fill your personal bags,
3: right? Correct. You, okay. you, have, to, uh, you have to bag your own groceries. Uh, I agree with, the, with your, with your uh, listener that it's probably a good thing to do. Uh, it means a little extra work. You can't just stand there at the to check out. You have to bag your own groceries. Uh, but those little paper bags are in trees all over the valley, and if you drive around and look, there they are, especially you see them in the wintertime, so it is a, that's a, that's a good suggestion. Uh, number two, stop
0: buying single-use bottled water and soda bottles. Most soda is sold in cans. Cans are recyclable. Yeah, aluminum's ultra-valuable. Witness the fact there's people out picking it up all over the road. Uh, carry a beverage in a refillable bottle. They're sold everywhere. I support the community pushing back against the plastic recycling pan just think of all the air pollution 100 trucks a day importing the plastic to the plant will mean to the region egads says cindy the green lady so uh green in terms of attitude all right uh, i i usually wait to do this and we don't get enough time so let's just totally switch topics convention of states uh we we really talked about how uh our u.s government is just doing a terrible job at almost everything is there anything the federal government is doing really well not
3: much. They're collecting taxes, maybe? Not much. They, they, they're good at collecting taxes. You know, our military's in decline. Everybody knows that. Uh, the, the inner cities are a mess. Uh, the federal government is more interested in, in infiltrating churches and making sure that they are not... Uh, too too conservative and uh, uh, our country's just just in a real real uh, difficult situation right now and uh we we need some common sense uh and t- you know, common sense isn't
0: <laughs> very so. common. Well, it's all—it's completely eliminated and prohibited and barred from Washington D.C. They put up temporary fencing around the Beltway to keep common sense out. So, convention of states would be an opportunity to for the states to send a to hold a constitutional convention. Uh, the three platforms are to reduce the scope and size of government.
3: Is one the power of government? The cost of government and term limits; those okay. three issues, and it's exciting year. It's been an exciting year. Uh, we now have 26 states that have passed. The Convention of States resolution. It is all. It is currently in at least three more states for active consideration. Uh, we're hoping to have within the next thirty days the twenty seventh state. Now we need thirty four to get you know to 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 get the convention called, and you need thirty six. And you know we have uh, the Republicans in Pennsylvania have uh, listened to the the far extreme right. Uh, saying, oh, we don't want to do anything to, to uh, this is a John Birch Society issue. Well, the Washington elite say, please don't cut off the branch we're sitting on. All right, well, and the, I'll tell you what the problem is in Pennsylvania. We have the same problem in Pennsylvania that you have in Washington, D.C. We have a legislature that's in session all year long. They have huge salaries, huge benefits, and they understand that if we, we do something in Washington, the next thing people are going to say is, well, wait a minute. You know, we have term limits in Washington, but we don't any term limits in Pennsylvania, so these people are looking at that and saying, you know, we're not going to vote for this because we could be here for three or four terms and have to go home. But they should go home. You know, politics shouldn't be a profession like Joe Biden. He hasn't worked a job in his life. He's been a politician since he got out of out of college, and he's 80 years old, and he's been a politician all his life. Go get a job. Do something, do something <laughs> constructive with in your life. If you want to serve in Washington for, for 8 or 10 years or 12 years, go ahead and then go back to work. Yeah, and I
0: think I was just listening to Maryland Public Radio. Strangely enough, and there, were reporter was covering on the last day of the legislative session. They had convened just after mid-January, and they had worked pretty diligently uh, in between. And now they were done. And when they are done, they are done. There's no committee meetings in Annapolis. There's no, they really don't meet, and I um, mean they can email and, t- and teleconference if you so choose. But the, the state house is just this little. Ding- of a thing it
3: doesn't have offices for everybody and so now they're done right. so two-thirds of the states are done by the end of april
0: with their legislature. With their secretary.
3: legislature. And then they go home to a regular job. They don't have health benefits. They don't have all the other stuff. They're part-time legislators.
0: All right. Yeah, we, we, we could use that in Pennsylvania. But you can't can't reduce the size of Pennsylvania government. <laughs> that would be almost impossible. No proper legislator would ever cut off the branch that he is sitting on. All right, uh, Chris, I hate to do this, but i got to get that button. You're going to be first up. As soon as we're done, we got another call coming in. Uh, we'll take more comers, 570 Nine five six five. Welcome back, everybody. Right, we got callers waiting. Chris, thank you so much for patience. Always, always appreciated. Uh, you're on the mark.
8: Yeah, uh, I wanted to correct uh, some things people have been saying about Nancy Pelosi. First of all, that. Dan keeps saying she sold, He uh, that uh, Nancy sold her stock in, in Google right before the government announced the investigation the day before, he keeps saying. And actually it was the month before, and not the day before, first of all. And second of all, it wasn't her doing it, it was her husband, because he's a stockbroker by trade, has an investment company. And for a fund, and that you sell stocks the some of the the stocks he sold in December were ones that were had had uh, he'd lost money on, and in December that's when people sell stocks they lost they've lost money on to uh, get out of paying federal taxes on capital gains because you can balance one off against the other. So there is really very little suspicious or anything going on, and nothing at all that you can actually prove.
0: But is that Uh,
8: the other thing? Is where'd she get her money that she became so rich? Well, she married into it.
3: Okay. Well, uh, her her husband
8: that that has nothing to do with uh, her making money out of her government position.
3: Her husband is a real estate uh, uh, investor, and he has made millions of dollars. And they uh, think that some of this criticism is unwarranted, but I do have an issue that I think needs to be addressed. Why do we allow people who control the corporations buy stock in those corporations uh, at the federal level? And uh, I think it's I think it's probably looks bad, uh, even if it may not be, and I think it would be wise to have a law that says if you're going to be in Congress, you cannot buy and sell stocks. Uh, You can put your stuff in a blind trust, and so you have no idea what the... I
8: wouldn't mind that being passed at all. I can see the advantage of of it, because it's widely abused by a lot of senators, especially the committee heads.
3: Yeah, I think you're right, and uh, I I think if they would put it in a blind trust so that it removes any Yeah, like
8: yeah, and if the president had done that too, Trump, we would have been much better off, also. I, and I agree. Biden,
3: sure, yeah, absolutely agree.
0: And I trust you're not allowed to talk to anybody named Hunter.
8: They, they made Rockefeller sell, sell all his uh, stocks and companies in order to become vice president to run for the the vice president when he was trying to get
0: that yeah. job. All right. What and, else, Chris? And they
8: made Carter sell his peanut factory. <laughs> but we don't keep... Uh, the Republicans were very big on that. Got to sell your peanut factory because, you know, peanuts, government contracts, blah, blah, blah. Well,
0: it's not did. peanuts. Okay, what else?
8: Uh, now, uh, about, and about uh, Stan also gun registration. Yeah, let's uh, uh, register all firearms and have a list so when people come up with guns that are used in crimes in the city and make laws that you can convict people on and make make it serious uh, about selling guns without reporting it. And let's have all guns and firearms registered. He sounds like it's already being done, at least for handguns, do it for rifles and Anything you can uh, mark and have uh,
0: uh, done. I want an AR. You can
8: identify the weapon. (laughs) The NRA, and Dan has talked against that several times. Uh, He said, make it sounds like we already have such a system. But we really don't, because it's hard to share information between federal and sheriffs, and uh, they make laws against how you can use the information and all sorts of things. And about the Convention of states. You've, you've admitted they aren't going to get anything that's going to pass three-quarters or two-thirds, whatever it has to be, and they'll probably be, do nothing at all. Plus, you have a system where the most only conservative issues are going to be discussed, and you have a system where the most conservative people, uh, the branch of government, state houses in a lot of places, is, uh, has the right to choose the people who go to these things.
1: Cool. So ash- I,
8: I I find it uh, just basically a conservative right-wing piece of foolhardiness.
3: Sure. Okay, let me ask you a question. Uh, the government spending money like uh, th- like they uh, you know they know what they're doing. Uh, the, the national debt has tripled in the last uh, twelve years uh, or fourteen years. Um, we can't hardly at this point we're not going to hardly be able to pay the interest on the debt. We're mortgaging our kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids' future, and the government uh, doesn't care. Uh, and they just spend money like there's no tomorrow. The the president has now proposed a 6.8 trillion dollar budget for the coming fiscal year. Are you concerned about any of this stuff?
8: I'm concerned about it, and uh, there's a lot of foolish spending going on. And get 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 rid of the foolish spending. Uh, what's unnecessary? Uh, I think infrastructure is very important. I think uh, America spending. Uh, more than the rest of the world on arms, eh, on on, on the Army and uh, military, is a uh, big waste. You can't even, you, they can't even tell, how, how, they can't even audit it anymore, it's gotten so big. Plus, uh, companies that would regularly do business are regularly being convicted for crimes on, on uh, contracts. And so, yeah, you need a lot more inspection there. You, you need a lot more, and you need a bigger government to be able to do that.
3: So how are we going in what, to... In
8: some certain fields.
3: How would you suggest that we uh, reduce the cost of the federal government uh, without some mechanism to, to do that? Uh, do you think that the government is going to... I don't
8: think that the Convention of States is going to come up with a solution that everybody will accept. And I don't know of a solution that would be very good.
3: So you're just okay with letting the government run away?
8: uh, No, I'm not. Get in there and have your representatives do it. Write letters to them all the time about
0: it. Well, we had a representative, Keller. He was one of the smartest State House members. We sent him to Washington, put on the MAGA hat, and turned into a a bought-and-paid-for elite So we tried that. All right, Chris, we got to get other callers, but thank you so much. Super-duper questions. Very much appreciate it. All right, let me hit the break. We'll get that done. Uh, we got an exceedingly big email. We are not going to get to that, but we're going to pop that up first thing Monday morning. But we'll take more comers on the phone,
6: Mm 570-743-9565. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I... your oil change, tire alignments, brakes and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. out of auto repair.
0: Alright, we got in plenty, but callers lined up. Uh, so, uh, Bobby D, you get another minute. Go right ahead. Bobby, you have the floor. Go right ahead.
6: Uh, yes, I wanted to ask John uh, about the uh, you know convention of states and uh, how um, uh, like with the Commonwealth, like working with the Commonwealth laws and all that, uh, because this is a Commonwealth and not a state. I was uh, just I'm going to ask John uh, how the Commonwealth affects. Will will affect the convention of states. All right,
0: we got it. We'll put that question to him and
3: uh we'll let you go. Thank you, sir.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you,
3: neighbor. Uh I don't think it will affect it. Uh, even though we are commonwealth, uh, we have the same standing at the federal government as other states, which are states. So I don't think that will make the difference. Uh, obviously, how things work in Harrisburg make a difference, and that's why we're having a problem uh, uh, getting the sp- enough sponsorship and so forth to have it passed in Harrisburg. But uh, it is progressing in other states. All right. Al, you get got a couple minutes. Go right ahead.
5: Okay, uh, get your office, of this Speaker. Yes, uh, my question is, why couldn't this constituent uh, decide and put it on the ballot, say for the presidential election or uh, any election?
0: A convention of it, states referendum yeah, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, convention of
5: states. Uh, put, it, put it to the constituents. <laughs> uh,
3: That's a good point. Because and I, you,
5: you know, they don't want to cut the limb out from underneath them, but I think that ought to be the goal. I mean, I'm all for it. Uh, the main purpose of government is to protect us, and they're not doing that. They're spending the money everywhere else, um, and they should be you know, concerned about the main thing is protecting us.
3: Well, let me tell you the problem we have in in Pennsylvania. The problem we have in Pennsylvania is that the state constitution does not give any ability for the people to address a problem directly. So we cannot, like like California, you can. You no, can, I don't
5: want to hear "cannot." I'm sorry to interrupt, <laughs> but I don't want to hear "cannot." Uh, we, we're going to have to change the state constitution. I it agree. Sounds like
3: that's the big problem sounds
5: like the next thing is the first thing is uh to clear it away uh kind of hold away by changing the state constitution we can we can put that on the ballot first whatever it takes but the and we keep keep talking about it but i think if you put it to the constituents and you put it to the representatives that we got to put this to the constituents because it's never going to go anywhere because you guys are not going to want to cut the limb out that Underneath your feet here on this, on this uh, tree of life that you're, it's not us guys. you guys. It's not us guys.
3: It's it's the it's the representatives and and co- and it's senators from Pennsylvania, and <laughs> they the, you know there's no mechanism in the state constitution for the people to amend the constitution. The constitution in Pennsylvania can only be amended by the state government. So we have a catch twenty two here where the we people. We have a conundrum. The You're people right, who do. can do it won't. Thank so you so much, We're going to
5: have to do it on our own as constituents, as citizens of the state, because we need to I think vote. that's a flaw in our Constitution.
0: We need to vote for people who will promise to do that. All right. Thank you so much, Al. Thanks for calling in. I'm Oops. I'm sorry, Al. I thought you were d- between sentences and done there. we got to move on. Lance, go right ahead.
4: Okay. Well, I can vouch that we have a very uh, complete an effective registration here in Pennsylvania for handguns. Because uh, one time was, a, well, my nephew was living in off-campus housing at Bloomsburg College, and they had a fire. Okay, he had two handguns and a fireproof case. Okay, the police came in there, and they used to open the case. He said, I'm having trouble finding a key. Well, open it for you. Those people were horrible. I mean, horrible to him. So finally, we got the key, They opened it up, and that's what was in there. So, of course, they ran the numbers on them, and they knew the one had been my dad's, and the other one was mine, right? And they could tell me every stinking handgun I had bought for 20 years.
1: Hmm.
4: So you can't tell me they don't have them all registered. And this registration was back in the 30s. I mean, if you had bought it, now since 95, if you had sold any handgun, you had to go through a background check. You have to go to the gun dealer, the guy you're selling it to has to pass the check, and then it's registered to him. So to say that they don't have it, I mean, is farcical.
3: I agree. Law-abiding citizens always have to go and do go through a registered firearms dealer. If you want to sell a gun to your friend, uh, you can't just sell it to him. you got to go to a dealer, and the dealer has to transfer. So law-abiding citizens already do that. Criminals don't bother. All right.
4: Well, yeah, but see, the deal is, that gun, then, is used in a crime. Welcome back to the last person. You
0: sure. had it registered. Right. right. All right. Thank you so much, sir. Okay. All right. We want to talk about the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership. Uh, it's a true family operation down there. You can go down there and see the merchants. They're all over the place. 4th Street in Sunbury and Routes 11 and 15 Almost Wharf is the Kia dealership. Uh, the other address is sunburymotors.com, and that's where you can order up a Ford, Hyundai, or Kia to your precise specification. Sunburymotors.com is a place where you can also go to the quick lane. If you're not quite ready for a new vehicle, go to the quick lane, get your vehicle fixed up on North 4th Street in Sunbury. That's where they specialize in everything. <laughs> it's not really a specialty then. Then they're just all, um, omnigood good uh, vehicles, state inspections, uh, nitrogen for tires. they got an alignment uh, fix situation there and a body shop and a paint shop and a great big truck shop and great big tow trucks. You name it, they got it all at the Sunbury Motor Company. And check them out at sunburymotors.com. They are our sponsor, so we are always super-duper appreciative of uh, them being on board. If it weren't for them, On the Mark would just be uh, probably a shorter program, but we appreciate that. All right, one of our listeners, we got time for one text. Uh, Chris, oh, Chris, it's none of the government's business what firearms people own. Registration leads to confiscation, and we know that's what the Democrats really want. Is that
3: true? I'm a Democrat. I don't want confiscation. <laughs> well, I think that the Democratic politicians, uh, you know, they're, The problem we have in the country is that we don't have the middle, you know, What we have is people on the extreme left and people on the extreme right and only a handful in the middle anymore. used to be that most of our legislators, Democrat and Republican, were sort of in the middle, and we had a few on the extremes. But as the years have gone by, that has changed. And I think that for a majority of the the Democrats in Washington, yes, they would like to confiscate all guns.
0: Well, it used to be, for example, Senator Spector was so firmly ensconced in the middle that he could change parties relatively seamlessly.
3: Change politics, <laughs> right? He didn't have.
0: He would always been a free thinker. Well, look at Senator Hines; he wasn't like a big MAGA nut or anything. He's no. just a good normal senator. So, all right. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks for my pleasure. Uh, we appreciate the wisdom of the updates of the convention of states and everything else that we talk about when you are here. I always appreciate uh, the common sense conservatism, I call it. Thank you. It's common around here, but it's hard to get. Uh, inside uh, route 283 down in <laughs> Harrisburg I guess it was, what 83 and 283 right and then Washington anything named 95 has the common sense temporary
3: fencing sign up so you can't drive through it yep well thank you for your you know good common sense too it's a, I uh, I always enjoy being on the show with you
0: you are listening to news radio 10 oh and thank Rob Center holy smokes appreciate that this is WKOK okay Sunbury